0: Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the lovely Karen Randazzo.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I totally blanked. Hi!
2: (laughs) And the always entertaining Chris Randazzo. One hand and piece of toast hate each other. Apparently, they've got some real creative differences. (laughs) (laughs) On this show, we
0: talk television, and we need to give you fair warning. We do get kind of spoilery. So... If you do not want Rick and Morty, I'm not 110 on which episode, uh, (laughs) Into the Badlands, episode one and two, uh, Master of None, episode five, and The Walking Dead, uh, it was the finale of something or other. Mid-season finale. Mid-season finale. If you don't want any of that shit spoiled, please stop now, go watch, come back, and enjoy. It's better than the post-season finale. I, I kind of well, we'll get to we'll get to what finale this should have been later, um, Chris. Yo, <laughs> I partook in the pilot episode of Rick and Morty today because I had never seen it. <laughs> okay, okay. The ridiculous necessity of this show is astronomical.
2: <laughs> it truly, truly is. Uh,
0: what, uh, what,
2: what are you talking about? The generalized show? Are you talking about a specific episode? Okay, um, so I have been told by a great number of people that I should be watching uh, Rick and Morty, and so uh, a few months ago I finally started to give it a shot, and I I hadn't been completely sold on it, um, but I finally started to understand it, uh, maybe around episode five or six, like I started to really see what people really saw in this show. So
0: you're telling me you started using drugs and getting high?
2: Because <laughs> that helps with this show. I'm gonna put that out. I'm there. sure it does. But um, uh, and when I decided that this was gonna be the week that I finally talked about Rick and Morty, I decided to jump right into episode seven, which was uh, I I am now officially sold on this show after watching season one, episode seven, Ricksty minutes. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> All right, so. Okay. So this this show um is is born out of a uh, it's it's a play on uh, back to the future. So you know like a, back a, to the a future
0: and a fever fucking dream.
2: Yeah, I mean it's like it, it's no what is it uh, Rick and Morty instead of uh, you know Doc Marty, and Marty. Doc and Marty. And uh it's like R- more Rick is like this really insane scientist guy and and Morty is this little kid that uh hangs out with him is is his, his, his Is it, his nephew or... His grandson. His grandson, that's it. Um, And uh, his parents, the little kid Morty's parents, are played by uh, the guy who plays Cyril on Archer and Sarah Chalk. And uh, he has a sister who is like, I don't know, kind of like Meg, but with a little bit more personality. Uh, Meg from Family Guy. Uh, She's like just kind of this extra appendage. And I don't know. What everyone had told me about this show is that it was absolutely hysterical, but it also had a certain level, layer of heart to it. Mm. And, um, I forget if it was episode five or six, but the, the, it was this episode where they went to this other planet and, uh, you know, it was all just going along being bizarre and funny and everything. And then Morty was like trapped in a bathroom with this alien that was all, uh, was getting kind of rapey with him. <laughs> and, uh, um, he walks out of the bathroom with the other guy behind him and uh Rick sees this and like he you know, he asks, you know, Morty if he's okay and he's just like, Yeah, yeah, no, everything's fine and he just he just eyes up the alien and he sees exactly what went on and he went, like, out of his way to give to make things right for Morty. And, you know, eventually I think he killed the alien, but it like had this brief glimmer of like okay, there, there's 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 some heart here. I get it, and um, it's really neat to see that because it's it's like a, I don't know, almost I don't even know what really to to compare it to. It is a uh, weird relationship the two of them have, mm-hmm. but you can see
0: that. Uh, more who's the who's the older one? Rick. Rick does genuinely care about Morty. Yeah. He just doesn't know how to
2: express it properly. <laughs> yeah, and he is genuinely annoyed by every everyone and everything else because he's, you know, crazy mad scientist smart. But to the point, the episode I watched last night, Rick's Minutes. So the, the plot of this episode, and, and if you were trying to convince somebody that this is uh, the kind of sh- show you should be watching, um, what, what am I hearing? Karen's breathing into her microphone. Oh sorry um if you're trying to convince somebody uh that this is a that this is a show you should be watching, I feel like this is the episode that you should show them because it it feels very much like a one off minus a one bit at the end uh, mm-hmm. but it is some of the funniest uh it's definitely the funniest episode I've seen so far like I was by myself rolling on the couch just absolutely laughing hysterically at this episode so uh morty and his parents and sister and and rick are sitting in the living room on the couch watching uh the bachelor or something like that and uh rick is obviously just completely turned off by this uh it's it's because it's it's asinine exactly like the real bachelor it's completely (laughs) asinine and so he starts complaining about it and they said all right fine you pick the show and uh so he takes the uh takes the cable box, slams it on the floor and starts beating the crap out of it and doing all kinds of stuff to it. And everyone in the room is like, what are you doing? You can't destroy a cable box. What he did was he turned the cable box into an interdimensional cable box. Uh, no, no, a multiversal cable box. So, <laughs> you now have every channel from every multiverse. <laughs> so they start flipping through the channels and I don't remember if it was like the first or the second channel, but um, it just something absolutely ridiculous pops on the screen and one of the the, uh, the, the dad <laughs> sits on the couch and he says to him wow, TV from uh, the, these other universes sounds a lot more improvisational and uh, just, I guess I don't know, unprofessional and, and I don't remember what the exact exchange was but it was at that moment that the show was making it was making you aware that they were just making up this shit as they went along and you you hear them laugh like the people that are doing this like they don't keep a straight face while they're coming up with this shit like they break character in the middle of sketches and it's like they just sat in front of a microphone came up with whatever wacky ass ideas they could and just then animated them so like um there is this one uh, I forget what the show was called but it was a police officer with baby legs (laughs) (laughs) so it's like a full grown guy and a pair of baby legs and a diaper and so he's like, he goes off on his own and he gets partnered up with a new partner and he swears he's gonna chase after the guy and he starts running after him but he's got baby legs so he's like <laughs> waddling around like a toddler <laughs> it's so ridiculous there was a um I, uh, I, they, they watched an interdimensional episode of Saturday Night Live um with uh, let's see where is it. Uh, I just looked it up so that I could I could read the intro to Saturday Night Live. Um, Live from New York. It's Saturday. It's Saturday Night Live, starring a piece of toast, two guys with handlebar mustaches, a man painted silver who makes robot noises, Gar Morar, three S sa Um, uh, I'll get back to that one. A hole in the wall where men can see it all, and returning for his twenty fifth consecutive year, Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> I, <laughs>
1: i just just
2: absolutely ridiculously fantastic so the the overarching plot of the episode is is rick and morty ignoring everything else because they've found this amazing tv that will just they just keep flipping through the channels and seeing more and more absurdly ridiculous stuff um and uh the other the other people, while they're flipping through channels, they, they come across a channel that has um uh, the dad, which I keep wanting to call him Cyril. I have no idea what his name <laughs> is on this show. But he sees a a, a show, he, like, flips past uh, David Letterman or something, and he's the guest on it because these stumbled across an alternate reality where he is a movie star. And he, like, he keeps insisting that he wants to go back to that channel, and everyone wants to go back to that channel, but Rick doesn't want them to, so he pulls out a pair of, like, multiversal goggles and throws it at him and says, here, put on these goggles and you can see how your lives played out in other alternate realities. And so he winds up finding out that he, uh, you know, he's, he's banging Kristen Stewart and um, he's doing Coke with uh, Johnny Depp and his wife turns out to be like a real doctor instead of a vet doctor. Not that vets aren't real doctors, but like a, a human doctor instead of an animal doctor and the daughter finds out that she wouldn't have existed in almost any other timeline because <laughs> they they would have gotten the that she finds out that she was intended to be an abortion and they uh Shit. like got got into a car accident or something on the way to the abortion clinic and and never wound up going through it <laughs> and like that's where things vaguely started they started to get a little bit heavy there for a minute and then rick walks into the kitchen and says that they found uh, they found a show called Ball Fondlers that everyone needs to come watch. He's like, well, you can come in here and keep looking. You can stay out here and keep looking at your alternate futures. You can come watch Ball Fondlers with us. And then he leaves. The, the episode continues on with its you know quasi-dramatic thing. Uh, eventually, like a few minutes later, it cuts back and we get to see Ball Fondlers. And it is not at all what it sounds like. <laughs> it is like... The most action-y, American-y thing, like, it's, it's like, giant guys busting out of cars, shooting giant, I don't know, radioactive guns at aliens and other aliens and chickens and, I don't know, it was, like, the most obscene, crazy thing. <laughs> it was just just beautiful. And it was called Ball Fondlers for no reason at all. <laughs> this, show, this show hurts my head. <laughs> so funny. Um and and here's where we get into some spoilerish territory. In an earlier episode, um I think this was the episode with the love potion. Uh Morty wanted Rick to to make him a love potion uh so that this girl would love him and uh mm-hmm. he he made it for him and he he was just like, "Oh, is there anything that can go wrong?" He's like, "Nothing." And so he takes the thing, and then after he leaves, says, unless she has the flu. Well, she had the flu. And that means that, like, the love potion spread to everyone and everything on Earth, and then everything in all of reality was hopelessly in love with Morty to the point where they were murdering each other to get to him. And um, then Rick tried to save everything by making an antidote, but the antidote went horribly awry, and everyone mutated into horrible, like hideous creatures that were like barfing up acid or something like that like everything went absolutely to hell so they went to another dimension killed that was like a- almost identical to their dimension killed their selves in that dimension and buried them and that's the world that the show currently exists in and so Morty in an effort to make his sister feel better about things points out back and says you see those two lumps in the ground that's my body uh, we're from another dimension. On one of you, know, uh, Grandpa Rick's adventures, he explains the whole thing to her, and, and it's just like, don't worry about the whole feeling like you're, you know, you you don't belong. Hey, everyone's gonna die alone, or some weird shit like that. It all like it, it was it was actually a, a quasi touching scene, and not only that, but eventually they they were watching it, the the channel that. Um, uh, the dad was on, and the mom uh, was watching through the the goggles of what her future was on, and the dad had, like, gone so far off the deep end with drugs and stuff that he, uh, you know, he was on a high-speed chase in his underwear with, like, syringes sticking out of his arms on a moped. <laughs> and uh, he eventually wound up uh, driving to Rick, you know Morty's mom's house, and professing that you know his life never turned out the way it was supposed to because he never wound up with her, and then the two of them took off the goggles and realized that you know they did make the right decision by not having the Aww, abortion, and, and they belonged adorable. together. And it was very cute. <laughs> um, this show is nuts. It is nuttier I, than nuts. The,
0: I was trying to get an understanding for the show so that you know when you're talking about a later episode. I have a basis, but in the pilot, they're trying to get like it. I guess they're just giving a smattering of what everything else is could possibly be throughout the mm-hmm. show. And in the pilot, they they go to another dimension because uh, the grandfather needs to get these seeds from this tree. And two things that stuck out. One for me was the 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 boots that he gives him to help him walk on. On the walls, He just hands him these boots. He's like, hey, you put these on and you can walk on any surface. It's really easy. And the, and the kid just goes to walk off a cliff and he falls and breaks both of his legs because he didn't turn on the boots. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, if you turned on the boots, it was very, very easy. It was no sweat. I just walked right on down. So they have a dimensional thing like a, a gun that gets them, uh, opens up a portal. But to save. To, to, to fix the kid's legs, he goes to another dimension, gets a, a super fixing serum, comes back, gives it to him, fixes his legs. But that was like the last charge. So now they had to go through customs, I guess is how they were saying That's it. Right, yeah. and, and he had to take the seeds and, sh- and the, <laughs> the grandfather's like, you have to shove them up your ass way deep. Far, far
2: up your ass. I'm like, what the hell is this show? This is animated, I, and and it was. I wasn't really was not sold after that that episode because I I didn't really care for the way the characters talked. Like, I didn't like the the voices felt really strained, and that and they they got really annoying to me. But I I, I didn't see how the show was gonna sell me on it. Like, I thought I understood what it was going for after the first episode, and. I didn't, and I'm glad I stuck with it because I I just watched an episode with a made-up movie trailer for alien invasion tomato monster Mexican Armada brothers who are just regular brothers running in a van from in an asteroid <laughs> and all sorts of things movie. I, <laughs> it, it's, it's genuinely funny, and it genuinely has a soul, and I'm really looking forward to continuing to, to watch it. I get it now. I I,
0: I, I was kind of hoping that there was a little more time before we started recording because I was going to watch another episode, but I ran out of time.
1: (sighs) I have nothing nothing. to add except that that guy's name is Chris Parnell. (laughs) Ah, There we go. (laughs) And he does
0: a hell of a job. Here we we could. We're going to go from Chris Parnell showing up in this show in, in Rick and Morty. Over to you, Karen, where the dude who whose voice of Archer shows up in your episode of Master of None? Yes.
1: Uh-
2: <laughs> Look, you see that? That's called the Segway, bitches. <laughs> I can actually hear you stretching. Like in, in...
1: <laughs> Yeah, did you hurt yourself? I mean, are you okay? Ow. Should we send medical attention? I think I attention? May,
2: have pulled a, <laughs> may have pulled a hammy. I'm not sure.
1: Do we need to call the Wambulance? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Master of None. Uh, on IMDb, it's described <laughs> the most descriptive uh, show synopsis ever. The personal and professional life of Dev, a 30-year-old actor in New York. And believe it or not, that is pretty good description of it, actually. Um, it seems I've watched a little more than half of this series, which dropped on Netflix about a month ago. Um, And it stars Aziz Ansari from Parks and Recreation and also stand-up and other things, I'm sure. Um, So far from what I can tell from the series, it's sort of like each episode, half of it is about his life as an actor. And that kind of is, uh, you know, overarching over the whole series. And then each individual episode, the other half, is about some theme, and that's whatever the title of the episode is about. So this one that I uh, brought today is called The Other Man, which, so the other half is about infidelity. Uh, and we'll get to that in a moment, but <laughs> the, the, what made me want to, what sold me on the show was uh, the uh, scenes about the acting business in, uh, in this episode. <laughs>
0: are you talking about that the his buddy or the, the guy's acting with yes <laughs> that man was phenomenal he is great
1: okay so a dev is currently cast as a you know a minor role but you know a, a big enough part for for a working actor in what they're calling the a black virus movie so it's a virus movie but it's for black people <laughs> i guess <laughs> uh <Okey-dokey. laughs> um, so so he's playing a scientist or something and he's trying to fight off what they're calling the sickening <laughs> which is the name of the movie so this this episode starts where he runs into uh a co-star in the movie at the craft service table and uh, the guy's name is Colin Salmon, which is actually the real actor's name. I thought they made that up for uh, for the show, but his real name is Colin Salmon, and he is the guy who plays Walter Steele in the first season of Arrow. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So I knew he looked familiar. So he's a pretty, you know, serious-looking, dramatic guy. Nice British accent. Um, you're expecting one thing out of it, out of him, and then you just get something completely else. They have a nice conversation at the, you know, craft service table. Like Dev says he's a really big fan of, of Colin Salmon. Uh, and <laughs> he goes into, I, I don't even really remember the context exactly how it happened, but it ended up with a story and they were just like, oh, how's your day? What'd you do yesterday? Or what'd you do over the weekend? And Colin Salmon describes how it's the, he's sad because it's the anniversary of his cat's disappearance and proceeds to describe about how he w- took his cat on a picnic in Central Park and an owl swooped down out of nowhere and abducted him. And he just kind of like fades off into a reverie remembering it and Dev's standing there like... What the fuck is going on? And like <laughs> staring off
0: into nothingness, <laughs> so like he was watching the cat being the
1: room. like taken away, like he was reliving the moment. So Dev's like, "All right, well, I'll see you in the scene." <laughs> so they cut to the scene from the movie that uh you know they're they're acting and they're like all in the green cgi suits and it's a short scene they're just like they're getting into their mech suits that they're gonna you know fight their way through the sickened horde and they just have a couple of lines and the director's completely apathetic (laughs) this is one of the things i like about the show because i i know a little bit about uh you know movie business from from dabbling it in a little, and I can see some real uh, genuine (laughs) truth to these scenes. The way he was... He's like, uh, it doesn't matter. Exactly. I
0: mean, we're going to CGI the shit out of this, so...
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's not really directing anything, because they're like, yeah, it's going to be 99% CG, and they do a take, and he's like, yeah, I guess that's fine, we won't really know until they do the CG, and that's going to be, like, three months from now, but whatever. (laughs) And Dev tries to suggest, like, to add a line to the scene, and then the guy's like... Sure, go ahead. This movie's not really about words. (laughs) Uh, However, Hmm. his scene partner, Colin Salmon, thinks this line that he's added is a great uh, addition and that Dev must be a screenwriter. Uh, (laughs) And Dev (laughs) kind of bullshits his way into, yeah, I guess I've had ideas for scripts, so sure, I'm a screenwriter. That was my favorite. I've thought about writing. Eh, yeah, so I'm a writer. <laughs> which is <laughs> that was best how out. any of us that are writers really think about ourselves. Uh, so he gets invited to Colin Salmon's trailer because he has an idea for a movie that he wants to bounce off a screenwriter. Uh, we see later in the episode that he he goes there, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> he's there preparing Cinnabons because he has a special little oven that he daily bakes Cinnabons <laughs> in in his trailer. Why does your trailer
0: always smell like Cinnabons? Because I make Cinnabons.
1: (laughs) So they talk about the movie, which is his idea is like, what does everyone have? I don't know. A car. But what if I don't have a car? I am a car that's his whole idea for the movie and this and he wants devs help and like develop it into a thing so like he does the best he can he's like well how do you turn into a car and they figure that out and then he come up with a name like it should be car he says he says it should be called car person no wait car human and then dev shortens it to car man and he's like you're brilliant and then they wrap up this whole interaction with them with one more scene at the end where dev is out somewhere else and he gets a phone call from this guy and he's like i need you to come right away to my house i have something i need to show you and so he shows up at the guy's house and he's like okay what's up what's what's going on and he brings him into this room where he has set up uh one of those elaborate domino schemes that people do that like you know go through a whole like rube goldberg type process and end up like making a nice picture he's like he goes uh, he explains how he's like i'm an amateur tumbler (laughs) (laughs) and uh and he gives dev the honor of starting the the tumble with the uh the pushing wand he has a special stick in a special box that's a pushing wand and he pushes it and you know that it goes back and forth and all over the place and spreads all the dominoes out, and it's a picture of his cat, the one that disappeared from the beginning of the episode. And he's, <laughs> he goes, all right, that's it. I'll see you on Monday on set. And that's the whole, like, that's the entirety of their interaction for the episode. And that alone would be a great episode. But there's the whole other half to it, which is the uh, the theme for just the individual episode, which is infidelity. <laughs> So Dev meets this girl at a party, uh, who is played by Claire Danes, um, and she's a food critic, and she's really into him. And they uh, end up leaving the party together, making out. That he goes back to her place. They're gonna get it on, and then he realizes she's married. She sees a picture of a wedding picture of her and her husband, and he's like, up. Oh, Uh, He bails. He's like, I'm not going to do this, even though she's like, my husband's a real asshole and uh, his company pollutes the environment. So if you care about the environment, we should have sex.
0: (laughs) Sound (laughs) logic. He is responsible for literally thousands of duck deaths.
1: Yes. (laughs) So he, you know, can't do it, takes off. And uh, we get to see a scene later where he's like talking to his friend um, about whether or not he should have done it. And the scene happens while he's taking his friend on a tour of the set of his movie, where he runs into another co-star of his from the movie, played by H. John Benjamin. <laughs> where we bring it right back around to your Full clever segue.
2: <laughs> Coach McGurk himself. Oh, he's, reference.
1: He's really great. So they have a whole conversation about whether or not it's okay to be the other man in this situation, where... uh. The, the, he's not falling in love with this woman. They don't that they don't have any kids. Like, how much responsibility does Dev really have to like keep this woman's marriage to like not cause any problems? If you know, if she really wants to.
0: <laughs> the hinge, like the hinge pin of the whole theory, is if the husband doesn't know about exactly. It. <laughs> and, and Benjamin's response was, well if I didn't know about it, it wouldn't kill exactly. me exactly."
1: <laughs> So they come to the conclusion that Dev is basically in this situation, he's it's like he's a human dildo, so it's it's fine if he does. <laughs> I forgot about that, but she's gonna open up the box and instead of getting a dildo it it's me it's my penis and it's attached to my body. <laughs> so then you see uh Dev later go to just she's just randomly going to get some ice cream and uh in the ice cream shop while he's waiting. This guy comes in on his cell phone and, like, cuts in line and acts like a huge dick. And then you turn it around and you see it's the guy from the picture. So he's accidentally somehow run into this woman's husband. And the guy is a total dick to him. Uh, He's, like, uh, orders (laughs) the last special Sunday and then takes one bite of it. He's, like, oh, this is terrible and throws it in the garbage. (laughs) So, and then smash cut to after this... uh, whole conversation about whether or not he should do this and then he me- runs into the guy in the wild and finds out he really is a dick smash cut to him banging claire danes <laughs> 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 like that was the the uh last straw
0: <laughs> yeah, he threw away the Sunday.
1: so then after he does this then he has another conversation with his friend where she was like you shouldn't have done that and he's like you told me to do it and she said yeah that's because i thought you wouldn't do it but Now I have lost total respect for you because you did. Um, He runs into this woman again while he's on a date with someone else. And uh, she kind of blows up his date because she makes him realize that he met this girl on the internet. And she's just out in like jeans and a hoodie and sneakers. And she's not really paying attention to him. And yeah, she's basically just using him to get free food. like she agreed to go on a date with him so she he would buy her a meal uh and three
0: meals if you noted know yeah she to to she bought
1: like you know she ordered two entrees and got something to go and <laughs> took all the uh leftovers so like he tries to like salvage the date as they leave and she, it's obvious like that you know Claire Danes was right and so he's like fuck it I'll I'll go uh give her a booty call again so he does, and just as things are getting interesting, the husband comes home this time, and uh, they they get in a huge fight. <laughs> it's hysterical because he's like caught there, and the guy tells him to get out, but he doesn't leave. And he's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "I didn't want to run into you in the elevator. I thought that would be weird, you know. If you know, if you told me to leave, but you then you said you were going to leave, and I didn't know what to do." It's a really hysterical confrontation. So, like, that seems to be the end of that. But then the uh, the tag on the end of the episode is that a month later, he runs into this couple just shopping at a random store, and they tell him all about how like that moment was a defining moment in their relationship, and it brought out a lot of you know issues that they had, and they decided to work on it, and now their marriage is all fixed. <laughs> so, is it you know happy ending? And it, and it turns out, I guess, in this case, infidelity was the right thing to do.
0: And now you know. Yes. Bum, bum, and he bum,
1: also, bum, the husband also apologizes for the incident in the ice cream shop because, quote, I was coked out of my mind. <laughs> 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 Credits. Like, that's the last thing. <laughs> the show has a uh, really good timing. I think it's um, a really good example of... Uh, someone's stand-up translating well to another uh, medium where, like, I've I've read a lot of books by stand-ups. I've seen a lot of other projects, movies, and things that stand-ups will do based on their stand-up material, and it, it really doesn't always translate. Some It always feels like you're just reading whatever it is that they wrote, or, you know, the movie just isn't making enough of a transition from somebody standing up telling jokes to, like, you're seeing exactly what it was that they're saying. But this, I feel like they do a good job of making a story out of it and, you know, weaving things together and kind of making you not aware. But, like, each little chunk of show could be a stand-up bit. But right. it doesn't right. feel like that. And that's what I like about it.
0: I, I, I've watched a couple of episodes of this show, and... I straight up do not like Aziz Ansar. Mm-hmm. I don't. He's, I don't he's
1: him not funny. for everyone.
0: Right, but each of the episodes that I've watched, I've enjoyed because of the surrounding cast. Yeah, like everybody in the show is funny. Even Claire Danes was funny. Right. Like the the whole like is that is is being a food critic as cool and easy as it sounds. He's like, "What's the last restaurant you went to?" When he says a name, she goes, "What was the last thing you ate?" He says it. He goes, "Did you like it?" Yeah. He goes, "Write that shit down." You just did it easy. <laughs> you just wrote a restaurant <laughs> review. <laughs> like and and it made the show watchable for me, and like I enjoyed it, even though I really can't stand disease. Like I just,
1: I think, so. uh, and and. I didn't love every episode of this. The first episode got me off on the wrong foot because the theme of that one was parenthood and I'm a parent and they got it all wrong. Like, it was clear to me that no one writing that show was a parent because, like, nothing was really accurate about it.
0: Uh, Yeah. I started watching that one and the opening scene is him in bed with a woman.
1: That opener was so funny, though.
0: It was so uncomfortable and they ended up Googling something, and I was like, I can't... No. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to go watch something else it right was, now. It
1: was, to me, that opener was uncomfortably funny. Like, all the part they got to after that with the kids and stuff, that wasn't great, but, like, that opener... (laughs) you see him in bed with somebody and like conda breaks and they go through this whole thing of like should they go get a plan b pill like what do they need to do they think and then (laughs) so they go they get an uber they go to the pharmacy they get it they they're they're waiting for the guy to get the pill and he's like oh let me get you one of these special apple juices you've never had these you got to try it they get out of the cab after having got the pill and he's like well, it was nice to meet you. <laughs> like this is the end of their first date. That's how oh, it ended. Jesus. And believe uh, it or not, bro. that girl actually comes back. He does end up getting getting together with her again. But like, just the fact <laughs> so that it's like a happy ending. This nice <laughs> extended extended long, funny, incredibly uncomfortable scene. And at the end of it, they're like, "Yeah, this is their first date, <laughs> and this is how it ended." <laughs>
0: Well, Oof. It, seems, it seems like an enjoyable show, um, even if, like I said, I don't, I'm not a fan of Aziz, I still enjoyed the episodes that I had watched, because of everybody else, and apparently if you're a fan of Aziz, you're going to like this show even more.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would highly recommend checking it out, I mean, it's like, there's ten episodes and they're half hours, so it's a nice little, you know, light, refreshing thing to watch while you're, whatever, folding laundry or something. It's good.
0: Nice, nice. Alrighty. righty. Uh, I checked out um, a show that I heard from a couple of other people. Uh, Into the Badlands. It was. It's a new AMC show. Heard of it? Um, I've heard the title. <laughs> okay, it's it's kind of hard to explain the feel of the show because it's like three or four different time timeframes shoved together like it feels like it's like feudal japan apocalyptic future oh, it is it's in the future um, every like the, the 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 country has been broken up into you know plots of land and those plots are of land are, are controlled by barons okay and then one of the barons is they're all sort of friends but sort of enemies all the time so they Work with each other, but not very willingly. Um, one's always looking to get over on the other one and get their power, and it's just it's like a, a very like royalistic layout. There's the, the higher ups and their minions and those that protect them and so on. But the main character in this show is a guy um, by the name of Sunny. The actor's name is Daniel Yu. Um, he is the head of this one guy's. Um army. The guy, the, the Quinn is the the lord of this land, and he's played by Martin Cossacks. I can't I don't know how to say his last name, but he's one of those recognizable guys. Like you see him all the time, but he's always like just a smaller party, usually plays bad guys. Guy is a huge dick. Um he knows that he's in charge and he takes advantage of it. So Sonny is like the 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 whole show, the first episode opens up with this badass scene of Sonny riding through this wasteland of of an area with on on a motorcycle, and he's looking for something. And what ends up, the, as the story unfolds, is there are these uh, groups of uh, raiders that go through, and and any sort of passer throughs get you know they get held up or they you know they get robbed or. You know, worst case, killed. And there was this fleet of uh, slaves going to uh, Quinn's place because he runs the poppy industry. Not the bagels. He, he's a drug runner. He's a, he's a drug guy.
2: Well, who and, runs the bagel industry?
1: And who and runs the puppy that. industry? It,
0: that we haven't gotten to those yet. I'm sure somewhere... There is an intense bagel industry going on because people's got to eat bagels. Well, what
2: about the puppy industry?
0: I don't know. I, I can't. I, I I don't. There's not enough episodes yet. There's I've, there's only three out. And there hasn't so. been any puppies eating poppy bagels. <laughs> I'm
1: out. <Nope>. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> Within the first 15 minutes, we find out that this this caravan of slaves has been ransacked most of which have been killed apparently there's something that needs to be found because Sonny is still looking he finds the the raiders and i'll say there's about 15 of them and one of them the leader is sitting on this trunk that's locked and he's like what's in the trunk and he's like it doesn't matter it's my trunk and then he pre- Sonny proceeds to kick the ever-living shit out of all 15 of them in that martial artsy wire work style
2: so it's, like, it, kind of supernatural? What do you mean by supernatural? Like the show or, like, he's got power? Like, human couldn't actually do that.
0: No, no, it's, it's it's like, mars- um, you know how Asian cinema, where they're fighting 72 people at once, and they're flipping over things and running up trees, but it's all pretty much based in real, like, gravity? It's like that.
2: So there is a supernatural aspect to it. ish Because you can't yeah. actually run up a tree. Well,
0: it's the run up the tree four steps and flip over the guy that's coming out you from behind. Ah. That stuff. There is a supernatural aspect of it that we find out about later on. Because <clears throat> once he kicks the shit out of all 15 guys, he opens up the trunk and there's a kid inside the trunk. Oh, I thought you were
2: going to say there was a wizard inside. No, but that would have been awesome. Gandalfson. Uh,
0: the kid inside the trunk is MK, and he reminds me of... Who's the kid that played the werewolf in the Twilight movies? That guy. That guy. He looks like a young version of him. Wow. <laughs> Apparently, he is like the chosen... Guy, chosen it's Taylor one, something. Ever,
1: Taylor, Taylor Lautner. There you go. Wow. <laughs> I only know that because I have a cousin who is obsessed with him.
2: Oh, that's true. Sure. Man, Twilight...
1: Um, I, you know, let me just
2: quick quick segue. I was not prepared for, for how bad Twilight was. I you know I, I, I really? I've said this before, but I the first time I watched it was with riff tracks, and I thought, all right, this is gonna be bad. There's no way it's not. But I was not prepared. That movie was really <laughs> really bad. I'd the,
1: argue that with riff tracks is the only palatable way to get through that movie.
2: Absolutely. Like that movie is I, as bad as the movies M- MST3K used to do. hashtag Bring back MST3K.
1: <laughs>
0: so, kid gets out of the trunk He gets taken back to his, uh, you know, Sonny's lair Well, lair. Wait, he puts the where kid Sonny back lairs. in the He's, trunk? He... No, 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 he gets out oh, of the trunk Oh, I thought you said he puts then... the kid back in the trunk <laughs> no, no, and he takes the kid back to his home Which is the, this <laughs> land where Quinn is in, is the, the lord and master With his army of fighters Coincidentally enough, train. the kid's home is a trunk Yes, conveniently enough, um, this guy has the largest army out of all the lord, or, you know, out of all the lands. And Sonny is the best one of them all. They train children from their young age to 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 fight in this army. And and the only thing that's responsible is that they put all of their devotion into protecting Quinn and his interests. And we find out that like Sunny is is sort of being zeroed in on by the rest of the the youngsters there and he gets jumped and he he ends up bleeding like he gets punched in the mouth or something and he starts bleeding and he just like his his eyes do that red thing and then he he just goes all supernatural and kicks the shit out of someone so I, i'm trying to keep up with this because there's like 14 different plot lines going on at the same time because Quinn's son wants to take over his land Quinn is sick and he doesn't want anybody to know. Quinn's wife is just letting Quinn walk all over her. There's another lord, or uh, you know, whatever they they're called. She's called the widow. She's looking for the kid. If like you can't watch this show half-eyed, like you have to pay full attention to it, or you're gonna miss a huge chunk of it. Um, the fight scenes and all that stuff really, really entertaining. Um, story i give it about a 7 out of 10, as long as you, you can pay attention to it. It's only three episodes in. I would say check it out if you like that martial arts style action with a with a twist of supernaturality.
2: It, it, I saw it, a picture of ver- a guy
0: on a motorcycle. I mean... It, 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 there's nobody really that famous in it. I mean, you may recognize a couple of faces, but it's, it's like... It seems like it's purposely going slow and then go to kick it up into like high gear in like episode 5 because they show this what the speed of the show could possibly be with all the fight scenes and the back and forth and some of the, the you know the dialogue but it's paced weird so i mean i'm not giving it a wholehearted you know thumbs up review if you're into like the the martial arts style of it i say check it out but outside of that it, you may want to look past this one
2: So So it's laying some groundwork. Let's see. uh, Let's see if it it builds a tower, and if that tower falls, crashes into a fence. So, with that being
0: said, we're going to take a a quick break. Uh, Please listen to our sponsors, and when we get back, we're going to walk some dead. Yeah. Woo! (coughs) The Marvel Cinematic Universe is filled to the brim with some fine male specimens. Not only is this MCU filled with some of the sexiest Y-chromosomes in the universe, but these hunks of Superman meat compact with rather attractive personalities to boot. Karen decided to rank these men in order of hotness. And even though it doesn't contain Ryan Reynolds, because he's not part of the Marvel studio-produced MCU, boo, it's a pretty good read. Don't miss GeekAid's Top 10 Hottest Men in the Cinematic Universe.
2: Mockingjay Part 2 has been out in the wild for a few weeks now, and the critical reaction seems to be pretty mixed. But what did our own Samantha Ahern think of it? I honestly don't know, because I didn't read the article. I haven't seen the movie, I haven't read the books, and I want to avoid spoilers. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that it's a great article with no grammatical errors, and post it, because Sam is awesome. How awesome? Read Panem Forever, a review of Mockingjay Part 2, in the Think Tank, to find out.
1: 2015 is quickly coming to a close, and that means it's almost time for Dan Ryan to pick his Why I Love Wrestling Match of the Year. There are still contenders to be announced, though, and this week saw a big one. Check out Why I Love Wrestling Match of the Year number 5. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Shinsuke Nakamura to see why this matchup was one of the very best of the year.
0: In the not-too-distant future, we'll be getting new episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. But as it stands now, it's only going to be a few. Why are new episodes of MST3K a good thing? Why should you give your hard-earned dollars to a man named Joel? These questions and more will be answered in Chris Randazzo's latest Think Tank article,
2: Jumpsuits, Robots, and Crappy Movies. Uh satellite of love story. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com And we're back! Uh, thanks for listening. You're welcome.
0: Hope you enjoyed those commercials. I did. That's, that's all our stuff. Like, you should be paying attention to that so you know the rest of our stuff. Okay. Um, it's Walking Dead Fall Finale Episode time, season six, episode eight, start to finish. All right, guys, I'm really trying. I'm trying to get into this show. A lot of people sort of just shy of forced me to watch this show, and I can't do it. And I don't know why. I find so many flaws with it as I'm watching it. And this time I didn't even eat while watching it because I knew that was going to be a bad idea. Yeah, it's never a good idea. Okay. Um, I've gathered, seeing as I only watched full through the first episode of the season, and now the last episode of the season, that the wall sort of failed because the tower fell, mm-hmm. and then the town got overrun with the the, the walkers. Did, did you want
2: my my uh, six sentence? Uh, oh yeah, do you season, have that season recap? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I. This is just for the listeners. I
0: requested some sort of briefing on the season, and Chris guaranteed me that he could give it to me in five sentences, and then gave me a bonus, just in case I
2: wanted more information. Chris, proceed. Sentence number one, Glenn is alive because he hid under a dumpster and the zombies got bored. Sentence number two, everyone under the age of 20 is an idiot and dumb as shit. Sentence number three, Abraham and Sasha are still out of town, and they are still both crazy. Sentence number four: Morgan won't kill people, but Carol will kill enough people for the both of them. Sentence number five: Watchtower fell down, busted the wall, and now zombies are swarming the town. Bonus sentence: The townsfolk are morons, especially anyone related to the head lady in charge. Which you probably already knew that. And now you were and officially you, caught up.
0: And you also, for for my edification, because I asked about Norman specifically. Oh yeah. Uh, Daryl
2: uh, ran into a bunch of assholes in the woods, and one of them stole his crossbow. <laughs>
0: So eight episodes, or actually seven episodes of Walking Dead, surmised in seven sentences.
1: And I think the fact that you could do that is a pretty good indication that this season has been annoying as shit.
2: After what a sh- what a fantastic premiere! Remember yeah. how awesome that premiere was? We were it was amazing. for this season. What, what was the horn? The horn was the jackasses crashed a. truck and the the wolves these guys with the W's carved in their foreheads they crashed a a, a truck into the side of the town and started and attacked
1: and trying to they tried to take over the town and kill everybody Uh,
2: guess what it didn't fucking work (laughs) because Carol was there and she she killed killed them all
1: everybody
2: except for like the one that Morgan uh, Morgan who is like, you know, Donatello from the Ninja Turtles now and won't kill anybody? He let a handful of these jackasses go because he won't kill anybody. Well, those jackasses, um, they ran into Rick out in the middle of the road after his plan to get the zombies to go walk in the other direction went horribly foul because the fucking car horn went off and started attracting them over there. So Rick had to kill all these assholes uh, while fighting off a horde of zombies in the middle of an overturned trailer in the middle of the woods. Because Morgan didn't want to kill anybody. And then I don't even remember how it happened. Morgan captured one of them and is, like, refusing to kill this asshole. And then in this episode, we see the the fruits of his... Not wanting to kill this asshole that says, no, you should kill me because if I get the chance, I'm going to get out and rape and murder everybody you've ever ever cared about. I am an awful person with a W carved in my forehead. I need to fucking die. And Morgan's like, no, no, all life is sacred. I'm not killing this guy. At which point I would just say, you know what? Well, Carol's standing there. She's ready to do it. She's ready to go. She's (laughs) like, I'll kill him. You don't have to do shit. You just let me kill this guy. And Morgan's like, no, no, I can't let you kill him. All life is sacred. Well, he busts out of his chains, knocks both of them the fuck out, takes the the doctor lady hostage just in time for other people to come show up to try to save her. Then he uses the hostage situation to get their guns and machete, which he didn't even ask for the machete. He just said, kick over the guns, whatever. Now the dude's got a machete, three guns, and a hostage. And is I don't know what the hell he thinks he's going to do in this zombie apocalypse horde of death that's overrunning the town. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I got yeah. this fat lady here. I'm going to be great. I'm just going to like haul her around and it's going to be fine.
1: I really, like, I wanted him to, like, get to the door and, and, you know, they were saying, like, you're not going to make it out there. I really wanted him to get to the door, like, turn around and be like, oh, shit. And, like, (laughs) something to happen. (laughs) Like, that would have redeemed that plot line a little bit. But as it stands... The only, like, the only beneficial thing about this whole thing, this whole half a season with Morgan not wanting to kill anybody, was all the Ninja Turtles imagery in the episode where uh, <laughs> that whole, like, thing got oh, explained, his Eastman, backstory. Because, yeah. like, you know, he met up with, like, while he was separated from Rick and the group, he met up with a guy, and uh, his name turned out to be Eastman, and which is the name of the artist who yeah. draws the Ninja Turtles comic. And, like, he had, like turtle art on his walls everywhere and he taught margan how to use the bow staff like
0: (laughs) gratuitous plug kevin eastman will be at garden state comic fest in july which is very cool just throwing that out there
2: yeah i don't know man um I, i still really enjoy watching the show but watching the um the promise that the season premiere gave us dwindle into like, I, I see what they were trying to do by, like, all right, here's this, like, one twenty four hour period where we're going to watch what all these individual characters are doing. Sure. This was 24 hours? I think it was a little more than that.
1: It was a couple of days, but it was, it was, was like days, it's not like we're that we're... much time passed.
2: Yeah, it's it's like here's a couple of days and then now let's see what Daryl was doing for those couple of days. Now let's see what Abraham and Sasha were doing for those couple of days. And oh, you know honestly, what the answer is? Not a whole hell of uh, a lot.
0: Not a goddamn
2: thing. They could have put that into an episode. They could have crammed all those stories into one little bit of thing and moved us forward a little bit. But instead, the showrunners have so little respect for their audience or are so far removed from reality that they tried to do this whole Glenn fake-out thing, and I, I'm, I'm using air quotes with the word fake-out because nobody... I can nobody, confirm the
1: use of air quotes.
2: <laughs> nobody bought that shit for a second because, number one, we all know that if a major character dies, he's going to show up on Talking Dead right after the show. Glenn wasn't on the Talking Dead afterwards. There was a an image of a character that they had just cast with Glenn In character, in costume, walking next to this new character, posted online, like, leaked from somewhere. So we knew Glenn was going to show up in a future episode with this other guy in it at some point. Because the internet exists. I don't know what the showrunners were thinking when they thought that they could get away with this. Something so sloppy. Like... Sure, end a single episode on it, on that. If you want to do that kind of cliffhanger in this day and age, give us a week to twist about it. Don't give us a fucking month. Because everyone on the internet was like, I, now, when you show me the answer to that, when you've wasted this much of my time, when we already know he either jumped into the garbage can with Oscar the fucking grouch, or he crawled underneath it because that's all, what we all knew he was going to do in the first place. Like, why make it make us wait that long to do that? Did you really think there was suspense going on there? Like, did they really think that they had convinced us that they were going to do something like um uh The Chick in the Barn from Season 2 again? No! Nobody fucking buys that! It was so insulting to do something like that to the character Glenn and to us as an audience to think that we weren't smart enough to see right through that bullshit. It was w- the weakest of weak sauce. It was a jar of ragu, half empty, filled with... Blue Ribbon and water. It was the most gory, disgusting excuse for lazy ass writing I've ever seen. And I'm so angry at this season for that. I'm so
1: angry. Not only does the internet exist, but we've seen TV before. We have. And you know what they do on this show in particular and many other shows as well, when they kill a major character, they tend to make the episode all about that person, and they get a big speech, and they get like some development in their character or some resolution in a plot that they were, you know, have Redemption. been on. something Redemption is always like a big a, one. a reason to kill a character. Not I got trapped on top of a dumpster with an idiot who decided to commit suicide and drag me down with him. That is not how that character dies. That's not how it happens in the in the comics, and it's certainly not how it's going to happen on this show. And now, like. We've lost, like, they lost our trust. They lost our faith in, like, you know, they're going to threaten death of somebody else and we're just going to not buy it now. And well, it's not going to mean as much if it does happen.
0: Um Negan? That's the character's name that was just cast? Yes. yes. Okay. Um Those of us who have read the comics know how important of a character Negan is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um For this whole situation, this this Glenn situation to take place and then immediately promote the fact that Negan was casted makes us who know the history of this show or the history from where this show comes from go, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, I get wrong. it.
2: The show strays strays pretty far from the beaten path as far as the comics is concerned. But there are some major moments from the comics that they're going to do in, in one way, shape, or form. And mm. a big, fat... Harry spoiler alert right now in the comics, Glenn is bludgeoned to death by Negan just because Negan looked at him and said, yeah, that's the one I'm going to kill. No reason, no nothing. And that's what made Negan so terrifying. And the show is either going to kill Glenn and have Maggie react or kill a pregnant Maggie and have Glenn react. Those are the two options that this show is probably going to take. Like one or the other, just to kind of fuck with us uh, comic book fans. But they're not going to kill Glenn with absolutely no pomp and circumstance uh, in in the middle of nowhere. Like, it's just not going to happen. The middle of season, what is this, six? Season six. And they're also not going to make a point of having, like, three people go off. Like, what was it? There was a, a handful of people, like a hus- husbands, that went out and not have any of them return. Like, they're just not going to do that. And uh, this, this was this was some weak weak shit right here and like so, I said, right i'm enjoying the show i i have a smile on my face when i'm watching it but i'm watching it with so much more cynicism right now like there are characters in this season that i want dead and one of them is a kid like I sh- <laughs> <laughs> that fucking kid that's like Fuck so that terrified of carol and the zombie apocalypse like which kid are you talking about? The younger one. <laughs> the younger, the younger one, not the one that was so, attempting to kill Carl. The younger kid that's sitting okay, upstairs so, and not doing shit. At the end of this
0: episode, where they allude to the fact that that little pain in the ass is going to be the downfall of their whole plan. Uh-huh. Look, do you do you, you saw that? I did, and I hope he's the oh. first to go. Okay, you know everybody. You know the the okay episode. Zombies come in. They all pretty much get trapped in houses. Rick comes up with the fantastic idea: gut the zombies, smear it on themselves. We're gonna walk through the crowd and get to the um, the armory. I was very happy to see the, the the gut ponchos come back. That was see, but I, if this is such a workable idea, why don't they fashion all of their fucking clothes to be that way? I
2: think because it's insanely risky. Like it is, okay. it is insanely risky. But what? Okay, but if they know.
0: That the zombies can smell them, and if they just weigh, wear the zombie all the time, they'll eventually get used to the smell, and it's an added protection for themselves. Why doesn't that just happen all the time?
1: Well, because who wants to go around wearing that all the time? And oh. and And I understand where you're going with this. Shut up and let me finish. And presumably in this community until the fucking wall fell down they thought they were safe and they didn't have to do that
2: mm. and like that's kind mm. of the point is to to get to a position where you don't have to do that <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, in this universe
1: uh, i'm not saying in real life in real life if the zombie apocalypse happened and this was a way for us to not die i'd probably do it
2: i'd be showering in zombie guts every day but i mean i guess i guess that's that's kind of a piece of it is that like it it, sure it worked that one time and it's it's like it is a a last ditch last ditch effort because you are putting yourself in a position to be surrounded by a a shitload of zombies and i kind of feel like it would only really work in one of those in in that kind of circumstance like
1: yeah, yeah, like, if Judas starts freaking out under Carl's poncho, they're screwed. The yeah. zombies aren't going to care that they're covered in guts because there's going to be a screaming baby. Like,
2: Oh, but the, but the baby's not going to... Yes, I agree. I understand. It also only really works if you're... If you're acting like a zombie and being perfectly still. So even if you're chilling in the middle of the woods, having a conversation with your friends and you're covered with zombie guts, they're going to hear the conversation and now your your disguise is pointless. So unless you are going to constantly be quiet and never talk to
1: anybody and wear zombie guts all the time, it doesn't really work. And in that rate, you're running the risk of running into other humans and them thinking that you're a zombie because you're acting like one all the time and then you're just as fucked.
0: We also did get true. that point in the episode as well with the, the
2: older woman. Diane Melnick. Who, that was her character. Who? Diane Melnick.
1: You are so funny. <laughs> that's what I That's
2: what I see her as. She's Diane Melnick from Law and Order. <laughs> uh, she gets bitten in some
0: confrontation. I thought it was bad enough that someone, la- I thought it was her, landed on that table. That, that was table her. Table it table. was her. She got <laughs> double fucked. I thought that was fucked. bad enough. <laughs> like that. And I, I okay, so then when I figured out that it was her, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, did she like cut herself? Like, cause there's teeth on a saw blade. Yeah, did that leave the impression? And then I was, and then I saw, as the, as the episode progressed, that she was sort of I couldn't tell if she was getting
2: sick, bleeding out, or turning. Oh, I picked up on the turning pretty quick, cause like it. It looked like a bite from an apple. Like the, it the- was,
1: yeah, it was obvious eventually. But it, they didn't need to complicate it by showing us a table saw. She could have gotten hurt on something else and yeah. gotten bitten. Like they, they did, they needed to do something that didn't you know, possibly could have been confused for teeth marks.
0: When, when Rick goes upstairs because of the crying baby, and he almost axes axes her in the head.
1: Yeah, he was uh, all axe all the time. There was some hot axing action in this That's episode. Right. I, that was one of the main points that I enjoyed, was, like, just fucking up that, that garage door with the hatchet. Like, yes. He's not going to... Like, so many, so many, so many things you would see... This, like, where, you know, two characters are on one side of a locked door and two are on the other side. There's so many things where you would see the guy just repeatedly throw his shoulder into that door, knowing it's never going to go down like that. And they didn't even fucking bother with that. They were just like, Not nope, here's Rick. a hatchet. Let's got fucking no do time this. no that shit. <laughs> right.
0: And the other, if you either throw your shoulder or if you do happen to have an axe, you chop a small hole in the door so that you can see your eye or, like, you know, the half of the face look. uh uh-huh. So you can see what's going on and then reach in to unlock the door. But that just takes too much time. I
1: don't know why you're just not. I'm going
2: to keep on swinging.
1: (laughs) Well, in this instance, I understand why not. But in other instances where there isn't immediate danger on the other side of the door, I don't know why you're not just taking out the hinge pins. Like, come on.
2: Truth. Get yourself a screwdriver, a little
1: hammer. Yeah, knock out. Tap, the tap, tap, tap. You're in.
2: so. <laughs> you can still use the door later.
1: There's a little nice. home improvement tip for you from us at uh, this week's episode
2: from Penford Tools I, and Tim the Tool Man Taylor.
1: No, I not think, from that. I, I, oh,
0: oh, oh. I don't. I don't understand how Carl had the incident in the room with the other kid and. On top of the incident with the kid, the zombies started coming in. Rick is banging on the door to get into that room. They both get out, and he still had the hat.
1: Yes. This fucking- the hat
0: came off his head. I saw it fall off his head, and I was like,
1: yes, hat's gone. It's like
2: Indiana Jones. He's always going to go back for it.
1: Except way
2: more fucking stupid. Oh, way more fucking stupid. <laughs> kid likes the hat. And you know what? I fucking like Carl. I I know everyone bitches about him, but I think he's just fine, especially in the light
1: of all the other
2: jackasses that are surrounding him.
1: This episode certainly gave Carl a lot of good moments.
2: Yeah. I I I like how Carl's got his own personal Shane now. It's like, oh, I want a a crazy friend just like my dad. I I want to hang out with a guy who wants to fucking murder me. Good times.
1: (laughs) There's one thing you need to know. Your dad was an asshole. <laughs> I love it's that. fucking perfect. It, it's,
0: it's funny because I was, I was chatting with Brandon from uh, Apathetic Enthusiasm. And that whole, as, as I'm chatting with him on Facebook, that, that scene came about. And I'm explaining to Brandon, like, I- I'm really trying to get into this episode. But there's so many things that keep stopping me. And one of the major things is the kid keeps wearing the goddamn hat. Like, it's just beyond me. And the episode progresses, and nothing—nothing nothing was the the norm from what I saw before. Michonne all of a sudden has a heart. What? When did she start giving a shit about anybody?
1: She's softened over the last yeah, few she's, seasons. She's, you haven't—you yeah. haven't been watching as regularly, but yeah, that—that uh, that was not out of character totally. Yeah, that, for was, us. that was fine. Uh, okay, that. The point of that character
0: was who she started off as. Why is that idiot with the
1: mullet still alive? <laughs> God. Oh, him? Oh, Eugene. Okay. Bless his heart. Because <laughs> he's, he's lockpicking <laughs> is in his skill set. That's why. Okay. <laughs> if, no. if they follow the
2: comics, he's got a part to play. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I, I, don't I find him hilarious. I, I'm, I'm glad he's there. He's a source of levity for Christ's sake. Uh, uh, Carol pissed me off this episode Like I'm
0: sorry I'm really sorry Because I want to like the show I really really do
1: Nobody's like Holding a gun to your head To like the show Evan yeah.
0: You don't know my life Okay All right None of us are holding a
1: gun to your show <laughs> Gun to your head to like the show um,
0: I did note that There was some of the slowest Ladder climbing In this episode I've ever seen You
2: haven't played uh, Mega Man 2 <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wow Impressive pull. Um, who 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 got caught up on? That's cause Maggie. I see, those, those Maggie. Okay, because I, I didn't see a character face in that whole situation. I might have been further away from the television, I guess. But they didn't. Go, they went back to her at the very very end, and it was such a far distance. The camera, it was it was blurry. Like I couldn't tell who was on that that thing. What what's? Are they? She's they just leaving her there.
2: She's... I don't think anyone even knows her, knows she's there. Like, everyone's <laughs> yeah. in their houses, and she went to the nearest place she could, so she climbed up there. <sighs> so,
0: the... Who, what'd you call the old lady? Deanna uh, is Milnick. her name. Okay. Sure, Diane Melnick. <laughs> <laughs> she... Uh, she's out, passes off the reins to Rick, because they're, I guess, kindred spirits. And... Not for nothing. Really creepy end scene for her. Like that's like gonna shoot herself and then doesn't. Then never to mind. Celeste.
2: I'm just gonna L- kill a handful of these assholes and then scream at them till I'm dead. Sure, if that's <laughs> what. That's how you want to go. Then live the dream, you know. <laughs>
0: it. I just. I don't know. So, but you guys are fans. You, uh, uh, is.
1: We are fans that but but we're also willing to admit its flaws obviously as Chris had just went on a rant and I you know jumped in a little bit it's like one, it's one
0: of my favorite things is a good Chris rant. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's really, you
1: know, winding him some people just wind him up for sport. It's really uh, something to see. <laughs> I am I am still completely all in if for no other reason than uh three words, Jeffrey Dean Morgan.
0: Yeah, I know that bothers me. That I I like I like him, and I want to like the show that he's in, or going to be in.
1: I want to get back to some of the like what I missed in this episode was uh, where were Sasha and Abraham and Daryl?
2: Yeah, I I just kind of want to get the gang back together so so they can start kicking ass. you You know,
1: like I, without doubt, didn't give. Any fucks about this, like, the, the prisoner guy that was, ended up escaping and taking the hostage. I didn't care about that at all. And if it wasn't in there, there would have been a lot more room for something else better to happen.
2: But this show is at its best when its characters are together and working as a team and interacting with one another and relying on one another. That's, that's where this show shines. And this, this season has just splintered them all into completely different TV shows. And we just went through some splintering. So let's have on some the, more time with them all together. Pretty please. On, on the other episodes,
0: are they doing the same sort of breakup? Like, how do I... How, there's obviously cliques in the group. Okay. You know, small little groups here, small little groups. Here. Are they only showing one group an episode or are they showing... No, they were the
1: focusing this this half season. The they were focusing on one group yeah. in each little part
2: or in daryl's case one dude okay just and here's what daryl was doing (laughs) he drove through the woods met a bunch of assholes they stole his crossbow the end that was an episode that was an hour episode or took an hour to do that okay yes he met some assholes one of them had diabetes and then she died what a shame diabetes and then then she died died in the middle of the woods (laughs) And there was some confusing thing with some (laughs) zombies that were either covered in melted glass or plastic or who the fuck cares because we're never going to see any of these people again. That's not entirely true. Maybe one of the, apparently like one or two of those people were like, you know, characters from the saviors who we're eventually going to see. And I believe there was some kind of a like mini episode or something that went on YouTube relating to this mid-season finale where they introduced the saviors. I'll have to look that up. But we, we didn't – you could have done that in an episode. That could have been a side plot in an episode. Like, they didn't need an entire episode to do the whole Abraham-Sasha thing. First off, they barely used Abraham since they introduced him. Uh, and, and Sasha's bug nuts crazy. And like, all right, so Abraham was a little nutty and started yelling at a zombie that had a rocket launcher on his back. Now he's got a rocket launcher. I just summed up the entire episode in fourteen <laughs> seconds. You didn't need an hour to tell me that story. You just did Sasha,
0: Sasha and Abraham were the two in the car. Yes. During the the okay, the, the mass walkout. And, and so we really haven't
2: seen them. No, they, they got their all, own episode, their but episode.
1: not a lot happened.
2: They and in to that each other episode, about how crazy they are.
1: Yeah, um, Daryl was in that episode in the beginning, and he got separated from them, and then he got his own episode just all to himself. And who's with Glenn? Who's the girl with Glenn? Oh, God, this girl. Um, I'm going to cut Chris off before he goes off again about this girl, and we're here all night. Okay. Uh, She was in the town originally, and then like before all this shit went down with the plan, she was like, I'm leaving. I don't want to stay here anymore and she took off and uh okay. there was a love triangle between her carl and the blonde woman's older son um okay. it whatever it was dumb
0: Douche nuts is chris loving and the gold she
1: <laughs> she's like had a uh um a fucking brenda from 90210 moment where she was like i choose me uh, and decided to peace out of the town And didn't tell anybody where she was going She just left JSS <S-S-S-S-S>
2: just survived somehow And Is that okay that's that girl Yes
1: and then she left And, and are, Glenn just happened uh, to run into her And decided that she needs to come back Because Glenn is way too good a guy And to leave somebody to die Even when he should
0: Just just so you all know The somehow is unnecessary In the JSS <S-> She could have just said "JS." It, it's have.
1: redundant. It saved her
2: some
0: time too. Yeah, that I, I was. I guess that was the second episode of the season because I saw. Yeah, I think so. Her go to town on a turtle, which was disgusting. Like she just devoured like it was a, a smoothie. Ugh. There's a lot of unnecessary gore in the show.
1: <laughs> well, there. I think there's a certain <laughs> contingent of the audience that wants that. I mean, it is a zombie show, after all. Uh, well, yes, but, you know, gore and good taste. <laughs> Which is what I'm for, because I don't like a lot of gore. But, uh, I, okay. I, you know, I'm not the entire audience.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just keep... Yeah. All right, so we all... Uh, I feel this ending, or this mid-season ending, is leading us to believe that they are not gonna make it through the crowd because of that annoying little kid calling for his mother that all hells gonna break loose my theory is the group is gonna get splintered again
1: somebody's gonna somebody, die and someone I, I, hope, I really it's hope it's Gabriel
2: oh <laughs> yeah I hope it's like I hope I hope it's like that kid gets turned into a zombie really quickly and then eats Gabriel alive. Okay, so we're talking about the little kid who keeps calling for his the mom, kid who keeps the calling for his mom and the priest, like the priest who is the worst.
0: Like I he did nothing. He, he always alike. does nothing. Like he did like he made he made uh, an icky face at one point
2: like he's uh-huh. going to throw yep. up face yep. and that was it. He's been making that face he, since he got on the show.
1: He either does nothing or does something to harm the group. He never does uh, anything good.
0: He's that guy.
1: Yes, and I don't know why he's deal with them. Except again, people on the show don't kill someone unless they have to, or leave them for dead unless they have to.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and like, Carol wasn't really involved in the group that much at the time, like she was being exiled, because I'm pretty sure she would have murdered this guy in his sleep had she been around him a lot longer.
1: And I would have been like, (laughs) yay! And everyone
2: would have been like, yay!
1: (laughs) And there was much rejoicing.
0: (laughs) Alright. So... For those that were fans, yes, no, oh, maybe. not a
1: big fan of this episode, but I'm still sticking with the show.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it's going to take a lot more than this to get me to 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 back away from The Walking Dead. I mean, just for the ability to talk about it as much as we do, you know, like it, it's <laughs> and as adamantly as some of us talk about it, it is a fun <laughs> show to be a part of.
0: Okay, I'll I'll try again. There's got to be something. This, like, These okay.
2: conversations—that's that's what there is. That's all there is. Don't <laughs> hope for more. This is this is what you got. Okay. If
1: there if there is something more, we'll let you know. <laughs> all
0: right. I mean, like I, I I contemplate going all the way back and starting from where I left off. Maybe it would make it better for me to be involved in the whole story.
1: But, uh, I think what we're missing right now is a good villain. Because right now the villain is just the zombie horde. And okay, fine. Yeah, and a bunch of
2: assholes in the town are like, "Oh, you're not one of us. These outsiders. They're going to well, kill the, us
0: the, all." It's they're each
2: other. It's it's right,
1: and that's know, themselves.
0: It's, that's they're more of the danger than exactly the fucking zombies. And that's or, that's me, the Walker. point of the they're show, but
1: <laughs> it's not really working. Um, not so much. You know, it was really it was really great. Not that whole want- all <laughs> the time the governor was there. That whole. Chunk of show was so fun. See that
0: that that that's the key. You want you should only want one person to die. Exactly, and, and so
1: I'm hoping with the fact that Negan is showing up and being played by somebody totally awesome, that the show can get back to yeah. a prior state of total awesomeness.
0: What what? Uh, my favorite, you know, is Supernatural with that you know Mm -hmm. Morgan right Morgan like yeah yeah, he's so good comedian so good Mm -hmm. like a good actor I don't know any of these other people as actors beforehand other than you know what's his name the dude with the well not anymore the beard oh the crossbow crossbow. (laughs) no
1: you mean you don't (laughs) don't recognize Rick Grimes from from love actually
0: (laughs) no I've seen. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I have seen it's Love speak- Actually. I Don't recognize him. He's that the was, guy uh, who
2: is in love with uh, uh the, Knightley. Kira Knightley is best friends with the uh, the operative from Serenity.
1: Watch it again. Okay. It's it's a Christmas movie and it's Christmas time.
0: Oh, that's true. That's yeah. the guy who's standing outside with the sign. Rick, yeah, the Grimes.
1: motherfucking really? Grimes. You'll never see it the same again.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, and I was so happy in this episode when he got to yell Coral. Coral! He totally did it, too. He yelled Coral. There's no way that wasn't intentional at this point. You know they know that meme. You know they do. You know they know they know
0: that I know that that meme. I know. All right. I'm going to try again. Because I want to be, I don't want to be asking questions. I want to be partaking the conversation. Yeah, you know, like, even
2: if you're not interested, just think of me. Just just think of how riled up i you can get me, and just stick with it. Just stick with it.
1: There is such a thing as hate watching. <laughs> Indeed.
2: We did that with Heroes for a little bit. Glad we stopped doing that. <laughs> I hear that show le- leapt like three billion years into the future or something. Oh, still on? I thought it was only like six episodes. I think it's gotta be over by now it's gotta
0: <laughs> to the internet no not wasting my time <laughs> nope okay Walking Dead I'm gonna try again you guys are still in Chris is heated about a lot of issues uh Rick and Morty oh hell yeah yeah oh hell yeah good times I am there's a partial thumbs up for Into the Badlands and Master of None
1: heck yeah It's a fun time. Give it a shot. Good times. All right.
0: That wraps up the show. Uh, Chris, you know your job.
2: My job is to tell you that once again, you can get in touch with us at mail at com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade. You can subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, including... The uh, Walking Dead Fantasy League from Apathetic Enthusiasms, Brandon and Travis. It's very funny stuff. Uh, And you can follow us on the Twitters at the underscore Geekade. You can find us individually on the Twitter. I am at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen
1: is available at shoot underscore the underscore moon. Hashtag force for ham. And
2: Evan is available at Geekade
0: underscore Evan. Hashtag I have no hashtag. And hashtag
2: msd 3 k If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of the other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, where, if you're super nice, you can leave us a review. Because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekhead.com where we post something new every single day. And Pat Oswalt is going to be on the new Mystery Science Theater for crying out loud. It's going to be awesome.
0: Back to you, Evan. Yes, that is truly, truly awesome. And he did his little, like, revealing video. Yeah. Perfectly.
1: TV's son
0: of TV's Frank. Glorious. <laughs> All right, everyone, please give us as much shares and attention as you possibly can. We want to keep doing this. Uh, actually, nothing's really stopping us. We wouldn't have, you know. Nobody if pays us no to do this. no listeners, we would still do this, because we're friends, and we like talking to each other, and... I love hearing Chris get all as animated as he does. Um, so that's that. Uh, once again, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan Goldstein.
2: I'm Chris Rantazzo.
1: And I'm Karen Randazzo. Good night. I've decided to revert to my original identity. The identity wars you, are
0: over. You, 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 did, you, did anybody win the identity wars?
1: No. I don't think they're acknowledged, actually.
2: (laughs) I don't think any of them listen to the show.
0: And this concludes our broadcast day.